We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 212. Scott, I'm back doing the intros. Does that make you feel good? I'm in the, I'm in the big boy chair this week again. Yeah, congratulations. I, no, it's uh, it's more fun this way. I think it's uh, we we've did we've done 210 episodes or close to it of uh, of of you leading the charge. So I'm good with that. It's interesting. After we recorded last week, uh, you said, "Oh, that's different." You kind of forgot how, because like you said, 200 plus episodes. You've you've been the 
I don't know, whatever it is, the, the person who does the intro, the person who leads the conversation before, but 195 of those, it's yeah. been me. No, yeah, it's been, we've, I think we've gotten such a routine that it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's totally different. I had a show before this in like more general sports talk and I, I did it and had guests on for like 50 shows, but it's just, it's a very different dynamic about talking about the Yankees and like moving to topics. So yeah, you do a good job, Andrew. So we're going to, we're going to keep you right where you are. That's what I was going. I was fishing for a compliment. So thank yes. you. I got that compliment. How you, you doing it. Yankees three, no in spring training. How's hey, why not? Right. Let's, yeah. Hey, let's win the world series. Uh, why not? Gotta, how about how about that New York? We, we, Russell Wilson wants us to win the World Series. Why not? You got to breed that winning culture. It's got to start sometime. Might as well start in the first game of spring. Yeah. No. It's been uh, it's been good. Boone, Booney is a three and zero as the manager of the New York Yankees in spring training. So it's funny because you look back and you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter any any of this. It really doesn't. But his first game when they won, that was the first uh, that was his first managerial win ever. Uh, it's crazy. That is kind of crazy to think about, right? Like he has never managed, maybe he's managed like a little league game, his, his kids games or whatever, but the big leagues is a different animal and he's never done that before. I have to imagine he was a little scared going into that, right? Just not that he doesn't know what's going on, but there's just, I think a lot of things to, um, keep track of if you're the manager of a major league baseball team and you don't have to worry about that if you're a player or even if you're a bench coach or, or a batting coach or whatever it is. Yeah, well, I mean, he was doing the like he said he would do the, like the fake managing up in the booth when he was working for ESPN. So That's not he claims same. he was he was managing along with the managers and and trying to do what they did and and see where where he differed. But yeah, it's a different animal. And he even acknowledged that when he was talking, you know, in between innings or whatever. Like, yeah, it's a this is a weird thing. It's a weird feeling doing this. But you know, trial trial by fire fire, baby. I mean, that's it. You, you got to do it. You got to figure it out along the way. Yeah. We do the same thing, though, as fans. We, we manage along with the manager, with the team, but we only have to make decisions. We only have to think about the decisions when shit starts to hit the fan. So we don't worry about all the things that are going right. Just when something starts going bad, then we say, oh, I would have done that differently. And then I come on here and yell about it. Well, yeah. And we also have the luxury of not being in the situation at the time. Right. <laughs> so we can we know the result before we talk about it. So. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Boone doesn't have that unless he's got some powers that we don't know about, and that's why he was hired. But no, this is a this is a dude that's just figuring these things out. But I don't know. This is the early vibes. Like I was uh, that first game when he was out there chirping, and you could you could hear him on camera um, when when the game was the the first game, and it's it was like a high school game or like a little league game. Like he's constantly, you know, like the the very stereotypical. Uh, baseball, they're like, good eye, kid. Like, you know, you'll you'll get the next one. Like, wait for your pitch. Like, like every every uh, little thing that you were taught to to throw out there as a little league coach, like he was throwing out. There. Yeah, and All it was cliches. just, it, I don't know, it was just a good spirit. It was a good spirit. I liked it. You know, I have to actually imagine managing a spring training game is more difficult than managing a regular season game because you have to worry about getting all the replacements in, all the all the guys who need to pitch or scheduled to pitch, like five guys sometimes who are scheduled to pitch. You got to get all those guys in when in the majors you're just reacting to what's going on in front of you. Yeah, I don't know if difficult is the right word, but there's a lot more there's a lot of there's like more, micro there's a lot more of a micromanagement thing you have to get in. Yeah, there's more stuff going on. There's more um there's more things up in the air, I think. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff, too, is, is pretty scripted, though. Like, X player is going to play X innings or, uh, you know, however many pitches. or So that's yeah. all happening. But you still have to keep track of it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah, the organi- organization. Someone's, someone's doing it. Like, you think Boone's keeping track of every single one of those things? And, like, he's calling, like, oh, he's at, he's at 23 pitches. Pull him. I don't know I don't if know. Boone is, but I sure shit know Girardi probably was. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I feel like Boone is probably better at delegating. 
responsibilities to other guys. I think I he's like just that's... a calmer person. I think he's just a more laid back human. But don't you think like the communication skills, like that's, that was why he was brought on. Right. I so maybe it. those communication skills can, can, you know, carry over into a delegation of responsibility. I'd hope so. That's a good thing. Yeah. Speaking of delegating, we're, we're going to, we're going to be delegating some stuff to hopefully some BP crew chapter leaders, right? Yeah, man, we've had, so we called this out. Uh, this was like totally out of the blue. Honestly, this was very much created by, um, Basically, you guys, uh, the, the BP crew is, you know, not just the people at the games uh, in New York, but it's everybody listening to the show. It's everybody who's involved. This, this, the, that's, you are part of the BP crew if you listen to the show, if you read the website, if you're part of Big Bronx Pinstripes in any way, shape, or form. So the, the beautiful thing that we started doing was when someone wrote in on one of the reviews that, hey, I'd like to, if you guys are going, going down, I think it was Baltimore or something, like, I'd love to be involved or whatever. And that just kind of got the gears turning. And um, so we opened it up. If anybody's interested in, in, in doing a chapter or getting involved with some, some, uh, some type of uh, Yankees fan group, basically, in their town, city, get a hold of us. So I have been getting like a ridiculous amount of emails. Uh, people on Twitter, on Instagram, like everywhere, they've been coming out of the woodwork. So I have been compiling a list of people. And I haven't gotten back to everybody. So you have, if you haven't heard back to me, uh, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll get there. But there's just been a lot of, uh, of people doing this. So we're right now just kind of seeing what we have as far as people around this, around the country and really around the world, because we got guys in, in the UK and Australia. Um, and, uh, so right now, basically if you are, if you haven't sent something into me and you're interested in getting involved in your city, shoot me an email info at bronxpinstripes.com, um, preferably there over doing it on social media, just cause it's really hard to keep track of everything. So shoot me an email about that and I will definitely add you to the list for that city. But right now, um, and, and I had a really good back and forth with, uh, uh, one of the guys listening to the show is a big Yankee fan in San Francisco, Elliot. Uh, he was actually at our first event when I met him. Uh, you were there. He, we met his dad uh, and yeah, his brother and him. And um, I just remember Elliot being in tech. So I was asking him. We were just kind of bouncing back and forth some ideas. So we had some, some, good, some good conversation about it. And we're totally wide open to like however anybody – you know, if somebody has a good uh, an idea about this, like come come to it. This is like open source. I was calling it. Uh, this is something that we want to make. You know, get involved, everybody, and, and and really just have this thing kind of grow organically and naturally. So definitely hit us up. Uh, but it's in the works. Just so you know, it's in the background. Um, we're working out a couple things, maybe Facebook groups, or we have a way of doing it on BronxPinstripes.com where we can actually set up groups, which is a really cool feature. So we may try to do that as well. So uh, stay tuned with that. But if you are interested, definitely get back to us and shoot us uh, shoot me an email info at bronxpinstripes.com and then i'm just going to run through this housekeeping real quick uh just while while i'm going spring training obviously the guys that are going know where they're going i just got their tickets going to be sending them out this week uh that's for the march 24th game we'll be in tampa um andrew and i will be also at the game on the 23rd against boston we'll be sitting in right field in like that open area we have two half moon tables so if you're at that game definitely swing by and come say what's up um joe's mcfly will be at that game too with us yeah he's he's hanging out with uh, with some of his buddies um, so definitely do that. We may have one extra ticket for that game too. So if someone is looking for a ticket for that game, I think we have maybe one ticket, one single ticket, <laughs> one single ticket, ditch so. whoever you're with, come hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the regular season events, uh, right now, the first two are on the website. If you're listening to this on Monday, not live on Facebook right now, you will most likely see every single event on the website. I am finishing putting them up probably this evening. We pretty much have a plan for all of them. Um, the last one is going to be uh, pregame TBD. 
but they have changed a, a little bit. So keep a, keep an eye out for these uh, these dates and, and the games that they are. So because they have changed a little bit after the promotion schedule came out. April seventh versus Baltimore Saturday one oh five game pregame is going to be at the dugout. May twenty sixth that's against the Angels. That's a Saturday game seven fifteen pregame is going to be at the brewery, uh, the Bronx Brewery. Uh, June 29th is a Friday night game against Boston. We're going to do a pregame because it's a Friday night. It's really hard for us to go anywhere else. So we're going to stay local and, again, do it at the dugout. We got some some really good drink specials there. Um, and then these are the next two are the ones that changed. July 22nd is a Sunday night ESPN game we're doing versus the Mets, the Subway Series. We were able to get a good block of tickets for that. So we said, let's roll with that because, obviously, that's going to be a fun one. We got to defend uh, our home turf on that. That's again July 22nd. That is a change, so make sure you note that. That's an 8 p.m. game, Sunday night baseball. We're going to do a uh, a pregame most likely at the Bronx Brewery for that one as well. Um, and August 18th is the second change, and the only other change is uh, August 18th versus Toronto, and that's the 1998 celebration game. So, you know, we did the 96 celebration game with a smaller group. Uh, we're going to do the 98 celebration. We talked about this. We'll do the future ones as well. Yeah. But we did what's called we did uh, we called it breakfast beers for 20 years, and we did it at the dugout. We started at like 10 a.m. on uh, for that. So we're going to do something exactly. We're pretty much the same right around that. Uh, breakfast beers for 20 years for the 1998 team, which is you know one of the hands one of the best teams that ever played the game um, collectively, arguably. But they're up there. And uh, so that's a one o'clock game. And, you know, it's going to be a little earlier to get into the stadium because they do all the celebrations and all that crap. So that's why we want to start that one early. So that's uh, that's some good morning drinking. And then the next one is staying the same. That's September 15th versus Toronto. Uh, that's a four o'clock game. It's a flex game. So hopefully they, they keep that four o'clock. Uh, but that's we'll be doing that. That's the pregame. That's TBD. The two that changed the July 22nd versus the Mets and the August 18th versus the Blue Jays. Those are two fantastic changes because those yeah. are those are probably going to be the two most popular or two of the most popular games to go to this summer. Obviously, you got the the uh, the Subway Series game Sunday Night Baseball. You're the only team playing, and then the 98 celebration, which the, the 96 celebration was aside from being dis gustingly humid and hot and dripping through our shirts because it was so hot it was just so much fun to see all those guys back and to talk about those memories of 20 years ago and like you said the 98 team was probably the best team any of us who are listening to this podcast right now will ever see so that, well, that that's you know, let's, let's relax there uh, 100, 100, happy, 125 overall wins i'm pretty confident in saying that but uh so now you're trying to be the realistic one here what the <laughs> the um i mean yeah that's a that's a lot of wins i mean it was a it was a hell of a team every there were a lot of things that went right that year so right. and um, um i hope you're not too tired of talking because before we get into the the topics you got to tell people about black buffalo I do. Black Buffalo. There's nothing more American than baseball and dip. Black Buffalo is the only tobacco-free alternative dip that delivers the same experience and traditional smokeless products without the tobacco, leaf, or stem. The taste, the texture, the rich dark color, and yeah, the nicotine. So you can keep that ritual, but ditch the tobacco. Uh, They make a long cut. Black Buffalo makes a long cut. Uh, Pouches in wintergreen, mint, and straight. They sell them in two packs and five packs. You can get them on their website with free shipping. The one of the very cool things that Black Buffalo does is they're a proud sponsor and partner with a nonprofit dedicated to helping special operations forces transition out of the military and into the private sector. That's very cool. Um, definitely check them out. BlackBuffalo.com. More about their uh, their partnership. So head to BlackBuffalo.com and use code Bronx50 for 50% off your first order. That's BlackBuffalo.com. 
and use code BRONX50 for 50% off your first order. It's a no-brainer, really, a t- tobacco-free dip. So definitely, go, yeah. guys, go check that out. All right, we have a trade. There was a trade that happened. We actually have some news. It didn't happen during the offseason, but it happened during spring training. The Yankees got Brandon Drury. Going to have to try and pronounce that. Drury, it's, it's a little difficult to, uh, to pronounce out. But this trade... Drury. Drury. I think this trade was is the perfect kind of move exactly what you and I were talking about all offseason what we thought was going to happen if they didn't sign Todd Frazier they didn't sign Todd Frazier what type of player would they be looking for Drury is that kind of player who is still young he's cheap and he can move around the diamond and apparently Cashman's been eyeing him for a couple years now and I'm any guy Cashman's been eyeing I'm I'm good with because in Cashman we trust he seems to know what the hell he is doing on the trade market yeah, definitely, and and he's always he's he's notorious now for for striking at the the right time for the Yankees and seemingly an opportunistic time uh, because these guys are either you know they're they're not what they were looking for there's they're they're blocked in some way or something ha- is going on with that other team uh, and, and then all obviously they see a lot of, of very good potential people are calling this DD 2.0 I mean it's the Diamondback so there's that we'll but see that's, to me that's a that's a that's a long way to go because Didi has been nothing short of phenomenal. But no, it's a great move. I mean, this is a guy that is a like you said, he's a young guy. He plays all around the diamond. Seems like he has a really like fun, good attitude. Plays hard, um, has some pop. It looks like there's more potential for that pop as well. Um, if you look at his splits, home and away, that he definitely definitely put up better numbers when he was in Arizona. I mean, that place. Well, that's a, a hitter's ballpark. Yeah, right. But when you're but, looking at his uh, Yankee at Stadium's his, a great place to hit too. No, it's true. It's true. But you know, if you're going to look at the total picture and you want to look at his away stats as well, I mean, it's definitely something to consider. So I think they're going to look for consistency in this guy. Um, that's the thing. do I think that he's the shoe in for third base? Like, no, it's not. It's still a competition. There's still a lot of things that can happen. Uh, but after that trade, he's probably the favorite. They've, they've already Cashman's already come out and he said, said it. Yeah. And I th- think that he's going to focus on third. And that's a that's his best position. What they feel yeah. is his best position. The thing that it allows the Yankees to do, though, it's still it's he's not Jury's not going to be blocking Anduar. He's not going to be blocking no. Glaber Torres. But he's he's going to allow those guys to where if they're struggling, you can plug Jury in, you can move him around, and you can have some confidence that this guy's not going to be overwhelmed. The one thing I was concerned about with going in with two rookies in your infield is that half your infield was going to have no major league experience. Right. We all are confident in Torres and Anduar. But this, but you don't know what happens when you get to the major leagues. I mean, stuff can go wrong, and then if it goes wrong, well, then the Yankees are half their infield is is crapping themselves out there. That's a problem. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a lot to go into with uh, with half of your infield as rookies who, who yeah. don't have major league experience. I mean, Andor has practically no major league experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even counting what his little stint up there, even though he was hitting the ball well. And um, but, but that's this, not you know, the problem with Andor. Andujar, Andujar, no, we know that he's going to hit. Like, this is the guy, he's, he's an offensive machine. Like, that's what they're expecting. They're expecting him to even get better with that. Um, and they can, they know, they're, they're pretty, very confident that his uh, numbers in the minor leagues will translate. And actually, um, I think there's room for him to improve with, uh, with the bat. But even, there, I was listening to uh, Between Innings with, when they were talking to Boone, and they were, he was saying that he's, Andujar is better than what he expected uh, defensively. So that's good. And he also, he also had confidence that he's going to grow into a very good defensive player. So I think they see the potential in him, even on the defensive side. And I still think when you're looking long-term, if you're, if you're projecting third base for the New York Yankees for the next you know, five to seven years, I think Andujar definitely has the, the edge in that category. Immediate, 
you know, if we're talking like opening day 2018, I'd say Brandon Drury has that has that edge right now. Right. And that's why I that's why I that's why I love this trade is because it's a short term fix. And yet it's not like they gave up. No, it's not even a short term fix. So he's controlled through like 21, I think. Right. It's a short term fix that could turn out to be a long term solution. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. I'm not going to say that the Yankees gave up nothing. They gave up two top 15 prospects. So Nick Solak is going to the Rays and then right. Taylor Widener is going to Arizona. Uh, Solak was, you guys probably heard of him. He was the second base prospect, number eight in the Yankee system overall. He's played in single and double A before. And then Widener was a little bit more of an unknown guy. He was a pitching prospect and he uh, was number 14 overall for the Yankees. He has not pitched over single A. Right. But those two top 15 prospects in a Yankee system that is very loaded, I mean, that's not like they give up nothing. But they also got somebody, like we just said, who is controlled long-term, fits into the uh, luxury tax situation where he's not going to add any payroll. So that's a perfect scenario for the Yankees. And then he's all upside. If Jury, all upside. If Jury progresses, well, then Cashman looks like the genius. And if he doesn't, he says, well, I took a shot and um, you know, we got Anduar and we got Torres coming up. So no harm, yeah. no foul. No, yeah, and and the other nice thing too about him is obviously, like you just said, the the flexibility in payroll. It, that's that's huge because now we have a guy that that can play third base, that can play second base, that can play first base, that can play the corner outfield, outfield spots. Yep, this guy can play all over the place. Yeah. So when super you have a guy like man. that, super utility guy that is not just a. Um, um, like Torres is a super utility guy in the sense he's more of an infielder though he could go and play short that's something that Drury cannot do so you have you have nice complementary utility guys with those two as well and even if like you know for, if something weird happened and and uh, Tyler Wade was even a guy that came in and re- took that Torres job at some point down the road who knows but like he's a guy that could play short as well so I think Drury has a very good spot and gives them a lot of flexibility and gives Boone a ton of flexibility with um. With what they're doing. And if you're looking at the Yankees Instagram page on their stories, it's something that you and I were like scrambling yeah. down the internet, looking around like <laughs> I, I was I was pretty sure he was just a right handed bat. But if you look at their Instagram page, they're like something, something about Brandon Drury and what he taking batting practice and he's hitting left handed. I'm like, wait a minute. Is there something I don't know here? But yeah, so someone, uh, either they mirrored the image or it wasn't him. Well, it made me second guess. I had to go look up jury highlights from Arizona. I'm like, yeah, he is a right-handed hitter. Who knows? Maybe he was working on his switch hitting all offseason. Hey, that's another thing. Maybe he was just keeping, maybe Cashman knew that. Yeah. Didn't tell anybody. Every, he was a Yankee fan growing up. So maybe he threw that. He's like, yo, by the way, I can hit left-handed really well. <laughs> yeah, he's a Yankee fan growing up, and he's also a Seahawks fan. And you got Russ Wilson in, in the building, so he's happy about that. Which now uh, the plot thickens. I think we know why Cashman brought in Russell Wilson is to lure Brandon Jury from the Diamondbacks. It's got to be yep. the reason, right? Yes. you Guaranteed autograph, guaranteed meeting. And like you, you will have the chance to throw a baseball and a football back and forth with him. Are you? Uh, were you pumped up by uh, Wilson's Twitter video? Uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Scott. Are you? Are you? Um, are you pumped up to uh, win a World Series? Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hit some home runs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw some passes. Yeah, let's win a World Series. <laughs> it was. It was weird and uh, and slightly. It was awkward it was and bad. It was overly casual, and he, it's like he had no idea he was about to do a video, and then uh, and <laughs> he's then like, "Oh, what's this button?" Oh, totally shit, shit the bed on the video. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was not good. It wasn't. No. It was no. That, those were not the inspiring words that I hope that he gives the team that everybody's been talking about, like right. how to be a leader. Like, don't don't teach anybody how to do a, a live Instagram video, please. <laughs> uh, quick question for you: uh, Would you rather have Drury with the trade that just happened, or Todd Frazier on a one-year, ten million-dollar deal? 
Yeah. Um, Drury, it's, 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 it's changed that much to me because I think, um, I think because of he's controlled and the flexibility he has all over the place, you know, I think when you look at their numbers, they're probably not that far off, honestly. Uh, defensively, I, you know, I guarantee Frazier's a much better glove, but well, his, he the, is. I mean, I looked at, I looked at Jury's defensive metrics and yeah, Todd Frazier, Todd Frazier is a much better defensive third. Well, baseman. I mean, I, that's easy to predict though, because he's, I mean, he's one of the, the better third basemen with the glove. Sure. But the thing is, this guy is, I, I love the fact that he's so young uh, and, and he's controlled and he could play all over the place. And he see he just when you look at him and you look the way he just kind of walks and like acts he just has that mentality like he's balls out like all oh, the time. See you're getting and, suckered and I love in. That. You yeah. you love the fact that he was pumped up. He's got the yeah. quotes flowing. He's pumped yeah, up yeah. to be in spring training. He can't wait oh, to yeah. to be with uh, the judge 100%. and the jury. Yeah, you, you're a sucker. You're I'm a into sucker. it. I love it. I love I love the enthusiasm. I love the fact that he's like all he wants to do is win. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I love that. And he'll I think he's gonna fit right in with these guys too. I think he's a very nice plug and play uh, player for this team. Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's a fantastic move, obviously, and I think I agree with you. I like the versatility that he provides over Frazier. I would have been perfectly happy. You and I both would have been very happy if they brought in Todd Frazier in a one year deal. But I'm also very happy with this scenario. Uh, quickly, let's go. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the first um, week of spring training. We already mentioned they're three and zero, which is which is fun to see. Um, Drury got off to a rough start, got hit in the hand on his first game, but he uh, left the game. He is not injured, so nothing really to see there. A couple of other injury-related things. Uh, Judge is taking it slow. He's still, I guess, recovering from the shoulder surgery he had in the offseason. Um, I think they're just being extra careful with him. Um, yeah, they're saying they're saying he's healthy. They're just they're just waiting. I, you know, he's probably taking, he, you know, he's taking swings. I know he was doing he was taking some swings, um, but they had talked about him being ready. You know, after midweek this week, at some point, uh, we could see him in some game action. It doesn't matter. Like he's going to get in there. Exactly. He's just got it. He had to get his body ready for the beginning of the season. That's it. And I think he wanted to let Stanton come in and be the big man on campus before he starts and gets in. They're there already doing the photo flexes. shoots. Did you see of that? Of course, uh, they're doing the photo yeah, shoots. Oh, it's happening. It's all happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the. Uh, the, the the thing about Judge though, like it's it's interesting because this is his first camp where you know he was coming in as the guy, and then all of a sudden you got Car- Giancarlo Stanton coming in, and last year He's he still was the guy. I know, but he was quote unquote battling Aaron Hicks for the right field job, right? Like that was the early narrative in yeah. camp, and now. We don't even know where he's going he's gonna to play right field primarily, but it's just it's so ironic that now he's waiting out and there's a another six foot six six foot seven right fielder that came in to play. So um, Boone was asked if he is going to only play Judge in right field, and he said no, not necessarily. But Jack Curry was talking on on the <clears> broadcast, <throat> and he said I don't expect either of them to play at home at Yankee Stadium in left field. It's going to be in small ballparks, small left fields like Camden Yards. Um, or um, Fenway Park, where they put those guys in left field, where they can't be exposed. Yeah, and and that's good. I, I think the um, the fact that they're not going to be playing Yankee Stadium. We've talked about this. Like when, when we when this trade happened, we were talking about what happens in left field because left field, the Yankee Stadium, is not an easy place to play. There's a good amount of room over there, especially it's it's a it's a it's a big area. It's a there's second a, center field. It really is. Yeah, and there's no foul territory either, which is something definitely you got to be. You got to be used to it going a totally different way. I mean, judges used to going one way. It's like a, a NASCAR driver. Like, you know, you, you're, you, you go the other way and it's, it just feels awkward because naturally he's got center field to his right. Um, and now you have a wall. So it's just a different place to play. And, and like you said, they're going to give them some opportunities to succeed, which I, I totally agree with. I think it's, 
the absolute right move to do. You're going to see him. A, you're going to see a Here, lot of DH. <clears throat> Here's a question. So they're going to, I think, both get left field playing time in spring training. If they even come close, either of them come close to injuring themselves, are they calling the whole thing off? Yeah, and there'll be a DH. Yes, full time DH yeah. in college Stanton. I agree with you. If yeah. um, if I still any- think that's kind of the play anyway. Well, I think it's great. I think um, we actually have a mailbag question, so I don't want to get too far into it, but I think it provides the lineup with so many options if they, if they can play left field. Anyway, it's left field. It's not like we're talking about going behind the dish and catching the ball. So I'm pretty Manny confident Ramirez, they can do Manny it. Ramirez played left field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they um, did okay with him. Uh, also, CC has been taking it easy. He rolled an ankle in um, uh, pitcher's fielding practice, and he said that was a veteran move because he just didn't want to continue to do PFPs. I was just gonna say he probably did that just to stop just to stop uh, participating in anything spring training. Did you see? How, did you see how skinny he looked? I, I don't know because I've seen him on all these. I've I know I saw what you were talking about, but I've also seen him on all these. Like he's all over the place. I don't know if you've noticed that with like media. He's on the his yeah. podcast, and then he's in, he's on some like roundtable thing on ESPN. I don't know if you saw that video going out, but there's there's like a, he's been all over the place. He's really setting up his post his uh, his post playing days for, for but being see, in the media. We we said he that didn't look when, that skinny. Oh, he looked pretty skinny. He, so the Yankees did the Instagram videos of like the roll call idol, which they yeah. had rookies doing yeah. what they would uh, acknowledge the bleacher creatures with. And uh, the judges were Gardner, Didi, and Cece. And Cece was sitting down. And when you're sitting down, you know that's not your best uh, that's not the best time to get a look at the gut when you're sitting down. You can have some rolls there. But I was like, damn, Cece's looking good. Which also made me worried because we know fat CC pitches better than skinny CC. So he was talking about that. He was actually talking about his weight on that, that ESPN roundtable thing. And I think he said he was at like 265, which is really light for him. I mean, he's huge. He, I mean, he's a big his dude. He's playing. Yeah, he was like, I got, I, I, he's like, I, I was down at a, at a very low weight at one point. Maybe that was the 265 I was, I'm thinking of is mm. when he got really skinny. Mm. Um, but he's like, it just doesn't work for me. He's like, I'm a lineman. You got to look yeah. at me. I'm an offensive tackle. So he's, his comfortable playing weight is 305, he said. Like, that's crazy. That is a big man. And it's actually pretty remarkable how healthy he's been throughout his career. I mean, he's had some knee issues towards the later of his career. But through 2012, he was healthy every single season. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's those little drills that you love so much. You know, the, all that spring training, all those little spring training drills. Mobility and getting, the, getting those hip flexors going. Like, he's obviously got a routine and he knows his body. And he knows his limits, and, and, and that's, that's huge. I mean, if, if you know your own limits and you know how to prepare your body for what you're going to be going through, I mean, that's, to me, the most important thing. You mentioned he's setting himself up for post-playing days, and I agree. That's what we said when he launched the podcast. We're like, well, he's, he's yeah. worried about what he's doing next. But I also don't get a sense he thinks he's done anytime soon. No. No, I don't think so either. I just think he's starting. I, I think we've. I, who started this whole thing? Was it Brandon Marshall when he was on Showtime and and doing? The, yeah, that uh, was ridiculous though, because he was flying like cross country. Yeah. Like Cece can just sit down with Ruko and record a podcast whenever the hell he wants. Right, but there weren't. There really weren't before Brandon Marshall started doing that. I don't really remember many athletes doing it in season. Any no. of this stuff in season, and you're going to see him doing this in season. He's probably going to do the podcast in season, uh, and, and stuff like that. So you're seeing more and more of these guys do do things like that. Um, so I think he's setting it up, just showing that he's a personality and that he could do well on media. Um, he's good when he's totally unfiltered. When he's on the when he's on the podcast and he just lets it fly, like the dude, he's he's throwing around f bombs like like no other. Like, yeah. and it's natural. We it's don't even do that. We don't do that on purpose. Sometimes right. it slips up. It's a family uh, show. Billy McKinney, Yankees podcast, Bronx Pinstripe Show uh, segment. 
veteran went deep today or do you actually yeah. Saturday? He went deep Saturday. Um, and I, I see you put a note in here that he might be in some competition with Tyler Austin for that backup first base job. And I've actually gotten a sense. I've been reading some of the, the beat writers. They think Tyler Austin has the backup first base job locked up, but yeah. I agree with you. I don't think it's locked up. Like Tyler Austin has, he, ha, he, the Yankees owe him nothing. Like he had the shot last year to come in and stay healthy after they finally got rid of Chris Carter and he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, He's probably the leader in the clubhouse because he's been there. I get that. Like that's probably his job to lose. But you see a guy like Billy McKinney who wants it, and he's and he's going out there to prove that, you know, he could play one. He could play first base uh, because he started doing that in the fall league. Uh, uh, what did he say? He played in high school or something. So he played like a little bit in his past, but yeah. not much. Uh, he's a he plays the outfield. He moves really well. He's got power. He's fully healthy. Whereas we talked about last year, you know, he started hitting his stride towards the end of the season, second half of the season. He's a ball player. He's a top hundred prospect. He's one of these guys that was very high up um, in the Cubs system when we got the tr- when we were traded traded for him. But he had he had been injured, and you're starting to see now what a, a very healthy Billy McKinney can do. And you know, I called out the uh, when we were talking about Tyler Wade. When I think he's the dark horse for um, that middle infield job. Like he's a guy that could come out and surprise some people. I, I think Billy McKinney's that same guy when you're looking at at first base. I think Brandon Drury now also, but throws in a mix into the. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that could go all over the place. I mean, it's great. It's it's really good depth for the Yankees because Drury can play some first. If he's not playing every day at third, there's competition right there too. So um, there's a lot of competition going on, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final thing is the Yankees do special advisor like no other team. They've got Reggie, yeah. Matsui, Swish, and A-Rod in camp right now, all as special advisors. That That is a hell of a combination of, of special advisors. Can you can you think of a more positive dugout than having Nick Swisher and Aaron Boone in the same? It's too like, much. I, need, I mean, that's a lot of positivity. I need somebody to to level it out. I don't know who yeah. that is. Well, Reggie's Who's... Reggie's there. He'll probably you need maybe maybe you need like Goose in there to 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 <laughs> to, to, to yell yell at people for doing things the uh, the new way. That would definitely counteract it. That would be interesting, actually. Let's throw Goose in the dugout for a couple innings. I love the fact that Matsui is still hanging around the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he got so, when he came over, he was so big and and did such a he lived up to the fanfare and and there aren't very many guys who do that. And not only that, not only did he produce like to the numbers, but he had big moments mm. for the New York Yankees, big moments. Like dude earned his pinstripes. And when you do that, you're here for a long. Look at Boone. I mean, he's riding one home run one home into run. a manager job. <laughs> well, the thing with Mats- like Matsui, there was talk in the offseason that he was going to help lure Otani. Yes. That didn't happen. Otani, Otani has the small cojones. He wanted to go in the small market, play. Probably just wanted to play with Trout, which is fine. That's understandable. Yeah. But um, he gave up a bomb in his first outing, too. By the way. Yeah. Okay. We just talked about the the people on Twitter overreacting about Justice Sheffield's first outing. We can't overreact. Oh, yeah, I'm just Otani. saying. I, I, I like to. Go so on I see how it side. is. It, it we can overreact when it's uh, guys convenient. that we want to criticize. When it's convenient. When it's convenient. For us. convenient. Exactly. The Yankees are three and zero. Oh. If they were zero oh and three, would say who gives a shit? It's it's spring training. That's three and zero. Oh, it's like they're on their way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the it's the beginning. It's the groundwork to a World Series. Gotcha. So this is when the magic happens. Uh, we gotta. So what I want to do um, as we go into the rest of spring and then into the beginning of the season, I want to keep a list of Aaron Boone's things, his quirks, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Um, so he said the other day, "I want us to be obsessed with controlling the strike zone." That's yes. one of our bumper stickers. So, Which I then, um, within 20 minutes of hearing that, made a T-shirt <laughs> yep. of, uh, of of Boone doing that. And I, I'm going to throw out more of these shirts with like sayings and quotes and things like that, too. So 
Um, I like it. You know, I love controller strike zone. Like that's a, that's a, that's an obvious, <laughs> that's a very obvious thing that actually it's been something that the New York Yankees have done very well for a long time. It's, it's been kind of a Yankee tradition, if you will, if, if, if there is such a thing of, of an overwhelming, um, theme on how to approach. They've always been, they've always had very patient hitters and worked the strike zone. It's a, it's always been a thing. I've also, I also took it to mean though, when our pitchers, our pitchers need to control the strike zone. Our catchers need to control the strike zone. Everybody Everyone. needs to control. Everybody oh, needs to control I like the strike that. zone. Right. I'm only thinking about it like when you're off, when you're at the plate. Okay. I like that. I like that even better now. Yeah. Yeah. Because he equated it. Obsessed with it. He equated it to the big like third downs um, in football. That's when he said like that's the crunch time. So that's how he equated it. Third and two. Like what are you going to do? How are you going to get those three yards? You're going to run the ball. You're going to pass the ball. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, that's big. I mean, on third and two, you only need two yards though, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> depends it depends on just the rest saying. where the chains fall yeah, yeah two two saying. yards just and one no. inch um just, just saying had that i could not let that one go because uh so but like boone down on two yards but boone we 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 said like this is going to be one of the most fascinating things in the beginning of the season is figuring out how aaron boone operates and what his right. what his things are like joe girardi we knew what his things are it was binder joe it's not what you want all that kind of crap. What is yeah. Aaron Boone's things going to be? So like I said, we're going to keep a list right now. Control control the strike zone is number one on that list. Yeah. No, I love it. I, I think, uh, I, you know, we got to add the uh, the chirping on there too, though, because I think that's going to, we're going to start hearing that more often. I feel like you, one, Boone knows where the cameras and where the sound guys are, right? He knows where every one of them are on, the, on every, probably every field. Like he knows where they are. If he wants to be heard, he will be heard. He will turn his head in a certain way so that one of those big radar things is picking him up. Like, I, I feel like we're going to hear him vocally a lot during the season. And I love that. I love that he's like an outspoken field general in, in the sense of like, and like really um, like pepping everybody up and like being a motivational guy in game. That I love. And he, that pumps me up. It pumps me up just thinking about it like all season long. Like he's going to be out there, not, not Joe on like the, on the front step. I think Aaron Boone's going to be on the field, like <laughs> doing the, doing the, uh, the arm, the arm bash when judge. Hits Do the home you run. think he's going to get that. out there in the home yeah, run yeah, yeah, celebrations? Yeah. yeah. Has a manager ever done that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. so. You're Not saying that I know of make the Yankees manager fun again is what you're saying. He, he's gonna has. A, I don't know when it's been fun. I mean, Tory like, was pretty if, fun. Tory was a player's guy. I guess, but I wouldn't. I would not classify him as a fun guy. Well, he was a stoic manager Boone, who got who who controlled uh, the personalities well. Like there was a great deal of respect for Joe Tory. He was more of like a, a father figure, but in a good respectful way not like a, a a strict rules guy like like girardi like is the guy that will hit your hand with a with a ruler so joe tory was your father who you respect joe girardi was like the principal who you don't want to get detention with right and what what's aaron boone gonna be he's gonna be like the fun uncle he's like that the fun guidance over? counselor okay huh yeah yeah he's or like, like a fun, fun, like a fun uncle who comes over and watches the game on on sunday afternoon yeah yeah and he'll you know he'll you respect he'll drink guy, a beer though. with you He'll, but he'll he'll set you straight if you if you're going the wrong way. Okay, and you he'll you tell you about the him. glory. He'll tell you about the glory days when he took Tim Wakefield deep, sent the Yankees to the World Series. No doubt about it. He'll. I think there'll be some ribbing back and forth. Like there will be that allowance. Like there will be some some give and take. I think with him. I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Boone said that he, um, even though he was only under Joe Torre for half a season, he made a huge impact on him. And the words that he said to him when he came over in that trade were very meaningful. And that's how Boone wants to coach the young players is be, be there for them, support them, be the calming influence. Um, which I think is kind of why 
towards the end, we realized Girardi got uh, the, the, the end of the road was for Girardi. Because he was maybe not the calming influence. He got results. Like, you can never argue that Girardi didn't yeah. get results. But he probably wasn't the calming influence that uh, Cashman and the rest of the, the execs wanted him to be. Yeah, no, I, I think we're going to see a very different guy. And, and you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head, I think, with what he's – he's really, I think, very, very much and, and concerned. And, and one of his legacies is he wants to be known as a guy who helped these guys grow as men professionally and got the best out of them. And that and, – and, like, they show their true value. Like he, he was talking about like making sure like he touches these guys in, in a different way and like, you know, making sure that he is, yeah, there, there's been a lot of like, it's a rough quote. I think the actual quote was, I want to make sure I touch, I want to touch the guys. Uh, uh, t- I want to touch the guys every day or <laughs> something like that. And it, but he's, uh, it goes along with Mickey Calloway's quote, whatever that was. Yeah. Dry um, humping. Yeah. Dry humping in the dugout or in the bullpen. But, um, you know, he, he just wants a personal influence, I think, on these guys. He does want to be that mentor type to help them, like, grow as people and grow as baseball players. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to him. Yeah, I'm and excited. And that relationship is, is how it's going to happen. I, I honestly, like, am excited. Um, we, I don't know. It seems, I didn't believe Aaron Boone was the manager all winter. And now I'm seeing him actually in the press conferences, in the dugout. I, it, it's, it's more real now, as stupid as that sounds. Yeah. I'm excited, though, to see to see where it goes because... There's like two percent of me that still thinks this could all blow up in Cashman's face. Oh, dude, I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I think two percent. Two percent. I'm not even there. I, it's not even in my head, honestly. Like, but you're I think the, you're the you're the as we learned from last yeah. week. You are the uh, optimistic realistic one. one. Yeah. No, realistic one. Realistic, optimistic, whatever you want to call it. They're very, they're very different. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but um. No, I, I, I don't know. I just have so much confidence in the way he handles people. And yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest thing in today's game. If you can handle people in the right way then, and you have talent, then you're going to do well. And obviously they have talent. I don't think he's going to screw that up because he's so good with them personally. So I don't think there's any chance he could screw this up unless the players just suck. And that's not happening. Right. And that's not the manager's fault. If, Interesting. if, if Judge takes a step back, if yeah. Severino takes a step back, if Sanchez can't block balls still... That's not Aaron Boone's fault. That's those guys' fault. Right. I mean, there's a level of, of, um, of blame you're going to place on the guys who are coaching them and managing them. But uh, an interesting point, uh, Robert, in the comments on Facebook, was talking about how it's going to be weird seeing uh, Boone as manager and CeCe, their dynamic, because they're actually like friends in real life. And they have played together. Like those guys, are, that is an interesting di- dynamic when you see the, um, the, the guys on that level who are still on the team. And then also with the manager who is like, you know, same age. and Yeah, like not barely out. older than CeCe. CeCe, yeah. yeah. So I, I think there's it's some interesting dynamics there. And, and I, I think it's just uh, more, more along the lines that we know what CeCe, what last year we talked about him, right? He's the dad of the clubhouse. Yeah. So it kind of fits in pretty well. Well, he can, I, I think that CeCe could act as another coach for the team yeah. as well as uh, a pitcher. I think he does. I think he's definitely that type of yeah, influence. Yeah, I think he... I think he's really started to embrace that role last season. Yeah. And he's talked about Justice Sheffield a bunch. Like, I think they hang out and they play golf together. He, he plays, uh, he, he, I think he's very good friends with, uh, with Aaron Hicks as well. So he's not just like in the old boys club hanging out with some of the, the veteran guys. I mean, are there any more veteran guys on this team anymore? But that he Gardner, hang out Gardner with? Gardner CeCe. Yeah, I don't see them hanging out too much uh, outside baseball. <laughs> but, Gardner but, um, and CeCe. No, I don't know. We, saw, we heard about Teixeira and CeCe hanging out. I feel like Gardner can get down. He can chug some, some uh, bush light. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, 
but uh, you know, the fact that he's like taking on Justice Sheffield, I love yeah. that. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the Red Sox signing JD Martinez. So the contract, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe the contract is still not official because the medical um, evaluation is still going on. There might be an issue with Martinez's knee. Uh, but it's this a, is as of Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday night, recordings. right? It's been it's so the the deal was announced last Monday, and it's it's been almost a week, and it's still not officially on the dotted line. Like Martinez is not in Red Sox camp, right? Um, it's strange. The deal is reportedly five years, one hundred and ten million, which is like sixty million bucks less than we thought he was going to get back in November. But it is a front loaded contract, so I think he makes fifty million in the first two years, and then he can opt out after two and three. So it's, it's a two year deal. Well, depends. Maybe a three-year deal. What if he sucks? Yeah, but well, it's all front. I mean, the front load is the big thing. Like, you're, he's probably not going to suck enough for that not to work out. Right. So, but it's just interesting how the deals like this. I mean, and we'll talk about Hosmer's deal too, which is a little bit bigger. I believe it's eight years, 144 million bucks. But that's also front loaded. And he has an opt out clause, I think, after year five. So you're seeing like the free agent market came way down, but the teams are also trying to. Um, Position themselves as flexibility. Right. But but it's it is ultimately up to the player. But right. they're structuring it so yeah, we'll give you money now, but you're not gonna want to play for us for much less cash at the back end. Like you're gonna want to yeah. go re enter free agency. But what right. is J well, how old is JD Martinez actually? Thirty one? Oh, I'd say he's younger than that. I don't know exactly. Let's look it up. But he's a he's 30. definitely a he's thirty. He's a 30? So he's going to be thirty twenty nine. So he's going to be thirty two after he might opt out at thirty two. But he might say yep. I, might, I can't do better than uh, seventy million or whatever. Let's be honest. He's going to put up monster numbers at Boston. I agree because like we actually have a comparison here between him and Giancarlo Stanton from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. You're actually I was shocked at how close the numbers are. The yep. only big edge that Stanton has. Is home runs. He he's out homer 150 to 128, which actually isn't that big um, over a four year span. But um, the average, the OPS, the slugging—they're all like right in line. So Martinez is a filthy offensive player. Yeah, there's no doubt, and he's definitely. Went, I think he went under the radar so much when he was with Detroit, just because nobody really cared what was happening over there for a little while, and and he was just turning into one of the better hitters in the league, and. Um, you're looking at these numbers. These numbers are, are very telling. We can we could post these numbers too somewhere uh, in, in the notes so that people can see it. But it's it's very telling. And I think Stanton had like a monster year last year. But so did JD Martinez when he came when when he was traded and went over to the National League to Arizona. I mean, he put up like prolific, like ridiculous numbers after the All Star break. Like yeah. he was a guy that was on probably one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in the second half. Um, so the, he could definitely rake. And you know what? I, I was. It's it's not a good thing for the Yankees, no. obviously for for JD Martinez to be on the Red Sox. Uh, I was uh, I'm of the ilk though. I'm like I'm like all right, you know, like I'm kind of happy in the sense that like let's just do this. Like you put your right. best team mono up, we'll mono. put our best team up, yeah, and we'll see what happens. Like I don't want any excuses. I don't want them thrown out. Like oh, we got no power. Blah, blah, blah. Now they have power. They have a guy who can who can swat. And let's see what we got. Let's do it. Like yeah. I'm good with that. I love the I love that they're very very <laughs> close to even on. Uh, when you look at the the, the um, rosters, well, who do you think has the better lineup? The Yankees, I think, have a better. I think they're very different, though. They're very different of a lineup. The Yankees are big thumpers, whereas you have JD Martinez walking in is probably the most prolific home run hitter on that team that right now. Oh, he like, definitely the, is. I mean, he's the, the guy. Once Ortiz left, like last year, the Red Sox finished, I believe, third to last in home runs, which is crazy in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, because well, and you never saw it. They, they they've always had guys who were able to hit the ball, and and Hanley Ramirez. 
didn't do what they thought as were you expecting see, him to do. You see Hanley's on the Tom Brady diet now? Oh, is he? No, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. So everyone's expecting big things from Hanley this year. So he might not okay. quit on the team until mid-June. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how long he can put the weight back on when he's traveling <laughs> from city to city. I mean, one of the um, It's hard to diet when you're in, in the middle of a season, I bet. One of the Boston writers wrote... Um, on one of the local websites there, he compared each lineup one, like each spot one through nine. And it was such a dumb way of, he was saying the Red Sox lineup is better because he was like, okay, Brett Gardner versus Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is better. Um, and then he went one through nine as if a lineup isn't the sum of its parts. And it's, Oh, right. our number one hitter is better than your number one hitter. So we have the edge there. Like, are you freaking stupid? It's, yeah. it's how many runs you put up collectively as a whole. That is really the only stat that matters. Yeah, I mean, our lineup would be very different if you put the guys in different places in the lineup. You know right. I mean? like, like, the, the players are still there. <laughs> it would look different, but it's dumb. Their, their lineup is totally constructed in different ways. Like the type of players that they have, hmm. they're going to they're gonna hit a lot more doubles. They're going um, to probably – the runs scored are going to be different ways. Like the Yankees are going to hit a lot more home runs, and they're going to get their runs scored – by hitting the ball to the ballpark, and you're going to see a lot more running the bases with the with the Red Sox. Very against what you would imagine and what has always been with the Red Sox teams in the past, or that we're used to seeing at least. I guess the only thing you could say about the Yankees lineup, it might be more prone to slumps because of the types of hitters that they have. Yeah, well, I think when you add when you have more home run hitters, that's that's definitely the. But uh, but the more the more factors you add, like you have Stanton, you have Judge, you have Sanchez, Bird, et cetera, et cetera. Like the chances that they're all in slumps at the same time is slim. We kind of saw it last um, late July and August, where the whole team went into a slump at the same time. That usually does not happen, though. Yeah, no, and that's the beauty of this: the fact that they're that they're not going to all go through the you know the same slump, hopefully. Um, but that any one of them can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Like, you could change a game. A lot of these guys could change a game with one swing of the bat. That's the beauty about the Yankees lineup. And, and we've seen this in the past where they've lived and died by the home run ball. Like, that's been the Yankees' way of scoring. And that's it in some cases. This year, it's, it's, it can actually be okay because they have so many of those guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But there are guys now, like, we're seeing some guys who can hit for – Didi can hit for average – um, you know, Sanchez can hit for average. We're seeing guys who can go in there. And Giancarlo Stanton, when he hit 280 something last year, he's proved that he can hit for average as well. Like, there's guys in there who can hit for average too. And I, I, I like that as well. Um, obviously, I'm a big, like, I'm not a big fan of the, 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 swing and miss guys. And, and like, you hit a home run or you swing or, or you're striking out. There's a lot of those guys in today's game. But I, I think our power hitters are better contact guys as well. So you're not buying Cashman's statement that the Yankees are now the underdogs. Of course not. There, I think he, what he was saying is that we're still looking up at the Red Sox until we can take the division from them. Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a it's very different. obvious statement. He's got to say that. I mean, that's that's that is true. They won the division. It's their division until until otherwise, until someone can come in and say it's it's not it's not yours any longer. So yeah, I mean, he's saying the right things. He's he's doing the right. Th- he's setting himself up to look good. <laughs> right, he doesn't want good to get too cocky before. Yeah, of season. course not. Yeah. He knows what he has. He's back in the be- you know behind there, like doing an evil laugh. Uh, before we get to the t-shirt winner from this week and also mailbags, I want to take a minute to tell you guys about Casper mattresses. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. 
Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. The original Casper mattress, which I actually have, and I'll tell you guys about it in a minute, makes uh, combines multiple supportive memory foam for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Casper offers two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, and the Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. Okay, so affordable prices, uh, they're convenient because affordable prices, uh, Casper cuts out the middleman and and sells directly to you. I have, as I said, I have a Casper mattress. When I moved in with my girlfriend, she had an older mattress. I slept on it for about a week, and I said, this is not going to do. We got to do something. Went on to Casper. They literally shipped it in a day. It arrived the next night. The box, I don't know if you've ever seen a this mattress, thing. It's a mattress keg. Yeah, it comes out, and you're like, how the hell is this thing going to be comfortable? It, it inflates with air, and I knew I, it has 100 nights where you can send it back. So you can sleep on it for 99 nights and say, no, I don't like this thing. I slept on it for 10 minutes. I knew I was going to love this thing. Um, so you can, you can get $50 off uh, your next mattress by visiting casper.com slash Bronx. And you can use the, como, uh, the promo code Bronx at checkout. Again, that's 50 bucks off your next mattress at casper.com slash Bronx. Use the promo code Bronx. Who is our t-shirt, t-shirt winner? winner? All right. So again, thank you for everybody putting these reviews in. You guys are crushing it. Like really, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's super helping us out. And I love reading these. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of, of funny ones. Have, a lot of funny ones. Yeah, yeah. This was, it's not easy to pick one. I, I got, so there's a lot of people with some, with some good stuff in here. And, uh, and it's, it's just awesome to read in all honesty. All right. So the winner, we had to pick somebody. So we did. This one is Madman812 was left on February 16th. February 16th, yeah. Uh, He says, two guys discuss B-whips, Yankees, and if Tanaka is a, quote, ace, maybe only against Japanese rivals at night when he had chicken parm pregame, a great listen for a displaced Yankee fan in West Virginia. So definitely appreciate you. Um, Madman812, hit us up on Twitter or facebook or somewhere and uh somehow prove that it's you that's that's on you it's like it's like uh, the onus is on you to prove you who you are um well, you could uh, tell that madman we'll is a, has been a listener for some time because he's throwing some stuff that we haven't maybe mentioned in, in quite a while yeah definitely and we got to do something next time about like, it's really hard to read this light gray print <laughs> okay okay we'll, we'll, how about you get some how about out. you get some glasses yeah let's figure that one out um but yeah, no, that's I love that. I love the the B whips. Look, the B whips are taking over the world. I'm telling you, we got we got uh, the the Mets manager talking about these B whips. It's a, it's a real thing in today's game. It's a very very real thing. Managers are ruining relievers with these warm up pitches. It's we got to stop it. So we appreciate, as Scott said, we appreciate all the reviews. You can go to iTunes, give us a five star rating, and give us a review, and we will pick another T shirt winner next week. Mailbag questions. The first one is from. Jared Rosenbrock, he says, with the Brandon Jury trade, the Yankees now have 14 offensive players counting Jacoby Ellsbury, Brandon Jury, Clint Frazier, Ronald Torres, Miguel Anduar, Glaber Torres. Obviously, there's an odd man out. Who do you think that person will be? And I'm actually going to throw in Tyler Austin to that mix as well. So it's 15 players, probably going to get down to 13. So I see a couple of those guys as no-brainers, probably in some, unless something crazy happens, starting in AAA on opening day. Yeah, it's well, 
There's two obvious ones, obviously, or the is Anduar and Torres. Um, Torres because of the service time, um, he's probably going to miss whatever. How many games is it? Twelve. It's like twelve or thirteen. Twelve, thirteen games. Yeah. That's going to happen, people. So let's not all get up in arms when it does happen, and let's not act like it's not going to be something that we ex- didn't expect. It's it's most likely going to happen. It was a smart move for the organization to extend him for another year. So that being said, he will be there, but because not because he's not ready, unless he just bombs in spring yeah, training. You never know. Who knows? You know, look, these, this is a guy that came off of a, an injury. Uh, granted, it's not supposed to affect him long term, but who knows? You never know how it could have affected his prep and getting ready for things and just being out of baseball for a while. Like that affects you. So who knows how he's going to come back? Nothing is ever hundred uh, percent given. And then Anduar is the one. This the 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 Drury. Um, I keep wanting to say Chris Drury, by the way, who was a hockey player. <laughs> but um, Anduar is definitely in much much more stiff competition now, and and basically he's got to wow people for for that job to be his. But right now, as it, as it stands, it looks like Brandon Drury is the uh, the leader in the clubhouse for that third base job. Yeah. So and, those are the two guys. And Clint Fraser is interesting because he's been very confident. He's like my my goal is to make the team out of spring training. I just think it's such an insane uphill battle for him. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 so there's another person in here that we need to add because I think Cliff Frazier is also not going to be on the team. Um, I, I think that there's a Tyler Wade is also you, you had Tyler Austin in there. Tyler Austin, there's going to be a backup first baseman, so whoever that is. If, if Drury wins the third base job, they have to have someone there. So whether they if Billy McKinney wows people enough to, to actually get that job, which would surprise me out of spring training. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tyler Austin would be the guy in there as well. Yeah. And you probably figure Torres will be the utility man. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, they're not going to change that. He did such a good job. If anything, he, though, the jury trade might affect Torres long term the most. I'm talking about like later in the season next year. Yeah, well, I think Tyler Wade is a is a guy that is he's got to look out for too. Tyler Wade to me, if has a if he has a big spring training, almost becomes a guy that like like let's circle him on the trade market because that. A guy like Tyler Wade who can show that he can play shortstop, um, can hit for average, and go out there with the speed that he has, like that's a guy that could really, you know, do well on the trade market and they could go out and get a pitcher. So I, I would circle like one of these guys, there's still there's still trades that Cashman has to make because there's a lot of depth and there are so many spots in the major leagues. Some of these guys are gonna have to be dealt. So there's there's definitely things. And I know we have a mailbag coming up about something similar to that too. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the next one? Next one is from Lee Jones in England. Lee is a is a, a very loyal listener of the show. We've heard from him a bunch. With Drury now on board, would you trade Frazier and Anduar for the for a lower level no and, and a lower level prospect for Chris Archer? So this is pretty much what we were just saying. Like to me, Cashman has moves to make, and and a guy like Chris Archer, like shit, I'd go after him right now. I'd see what's what what's what they want for him. They're giving away everybody. Right. Um, and it doesn't seem like they're getting like King's ransoms for these guys. Chris Archer, obviously the most, uh, the, high, the highest talented, the highest talent on that team, the most wanted guy on that Tampa Bay team, most likely, just because of, um, you know, he's a top tier starting pitcher. But let's see what they want for him, at least. I'm, I'm sure Cashman has had conversations. Do you think that's a, I mean, it's tough to tell, but do you think that would be a fair asking price? I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah, I but I but I think they're going to ask a lot. I mean, I think I think uh, a guy like Chris Archer warrants a lot. And you'll have to pay more in division. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to pay more in division. It's a guy that uh, that has such a he still has a, a big upside. I mean, he's had bad seasons with um, bad seasons. When you're looking at people, will look at win loss record, and, and it's just gets over glanced over. You know who else stupid. had bad win loss records? Uh, Felix Hernandez in Seattle. Right. He won a Cy Young. And he won a I think Cy Young. going eleven and eleven. 
I was going to say, I think he was a 500. Yeah. Uh, so he's a guy that, that has really good numbers. So yes, you're going to have to give up somebody very good for a guy like uh, Chris Archer, but he's a, a guy that's got a lot of years left on his arm. I still think that the Yankees, it's in their best interest to see what they have out of the five guys in the rotation and then make a deal midseason if they need to. And I think a lot of that is what's going to happen. I don't think they're in any rush right now to make a deal. Uh, personally, I don't think it's going to be, I, I think they have room because they could still one. There's so many things that happen in, in the beginning of a season. I mean, look what happened last year. Greg bird was one of the best hitters in baseball in spring training. You had him as our MVP going into the season. Mm-hmm. And Tanaka was the best pitcher in spring training. Tanaka was horrible in the first, in the first month and a half, two months, like horrible and was given up home runs like every other pitch, especially if Derek, if it was a Derek Jeter day and, <laughs> And then you have, and then you have uh, Greg Bird, who just didn't see the field. He got injured and had a, a, a bone magically appear in his foot. And now you, you know, you, now what? We had no first baseman, and our and our quote unquote ace was a, a shell of a pitcher. So there are a lot of things that can happen. I think Brian Cashman to start the season is definitely going to keep his depth. And I think people are saying like, well, we got to make a move. We got to make a move. Got to get more pitching. How about you assess the team after some time? And then please have out. some faith in Jordan Montgomery. I, I don't know why everybody is still talking about all these pitchers that we need to get. They might not like, even be talking why? about Montgomery. I mean, uh, uh, Sabathia. They're talking about CeCe. Sabathia's not going to make it through a whole season. It's very unlikely at his I age. I mean, he threw 150 innings last year. That's Yeah, okay, fine. It's going to be difficult to repeat. Sonny Gray has had injury history. Luis Severino is coming off the most innings he's ever pitched. Masahiro Tanaka has had an injury history. So it's the not just Montgomery. When we're talking I mean, about the other guys. guys. Yeah, I get that, but when we're talking about the guys that are out there rumored, the Lance Lins, the um, who else, the the, the guy from uh, Tampa, there there are guys that uh, that are are would slot in. Archer, right now. who we're just talking about. No, no, no. I get the um, whatever. The name is completely eluding me. Uh, but the uh, either way, all these guys are major league pitchers. Alex Cobb. So someone's got to get bumped. I agree. Huh? Alex yeah. Cobb, right? Alex Cobb. Thank you. I mean, these guys are they're 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 guys that slotted in the major league level. So the immediate guy, the the obvious guy that would be affected by something like this is Jordan Montgomery. And why are these guys that much better than is Lance Lynn better than Jordan Montgomery? I'm not I'm not going to the to the to the you know the the mattress of saying that he's he's the guy. No, Godfather reference. Yeah. The next question is from David. He says, I have a two-part question. Let's say it's July and Ellsbury is getting four to five at-bats per week, hitting 240 with two home runs. Is there any way that the Yankees pull a 2016 A-Rod and just cut him? I know it's a lot of money, but he literally brings nothing to the, to, uh, the table. If they did cut him, would any team even bother picking him up? <laughs> yeah, someone would pick him up probably. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I still think that, that, that Brian Cashman has like, He's got the button, like the buttons under like a, you know, one of those little protectors and he's ready to hit that button to get rid of him. Like a de-ejector button to get that, get him the hell out of here. It took Cause all he's going to do is cause problems. It took three months for them to get rid of Chris Carter. Different, totally different scenario. There was nobody else to play first base. There was nobody there. He was a body that they needed at that so, point. But Ellsbury is just going to be on the bench. He's just going to be taking up a roster yeah, Ellsbury, spot. There's guys that and, can take his job right now. Yeah. So yeah. he's there because of his contract, and that's the only reason he's there. I think it's really unlikely to eat, what is it, three more years? Or, or it would be two and a half years if it's July because they got to pay him for uh, the rest of 18, 19, and 20. You're going to have to pay him anyway. You're either paying him to go away or to suck on your team. So I'd rather pay him to go well, away you're and hoping suck on that my somebody team. will take at least eight, nine million from him. From nobody's taken in the bait yet. I mean, like, I've 
tweeted. I've talked about but, how what a great guy he is. I'm trying to like set people up here. Can we get a voodoo doll on some some uh, players around the league? Hopefully they jinx get him. injured. Jinx him. Can you just come up with a? Rever- I don't know if it's if it's not if you don't who mean needs it, a, don't who needs an outfielder who needs a center fielder who can hit 240 with two home runs and provide adequate. The Giants defense. did, but they went out and they signed. Out. God, they, they got they, their guys. They they picked up a whole bunch of people. <laughs> they picked up a whole bunch of vets. <laughs> There's, I don't know. There's somebody. The Marlins could probably use them, right? Who do they? Castro needs somebody. The knows. Marlins. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. How sad are the pictures of Starling? I Castro? really feel bad. I legitimately, <laughs> I genuinely feel sorry for Starling. He's Castro. trying really to do, do his same thing that he was doing with the Yankees, but you could just tell all the life has been sucked out of him. Man, it's really hard to watch to see those pictures. It and is. I, I'm, I'm a fan of him. I like Starling Castro. And I like the way he plays. And he got a raw deal with the Cubs by being the guy coming up with them. They were horrible. And then he gets traded away the year before they win the World Series. And now, you know, it's just that he gets traded away right when this team is getting really, really good. I do. I feel for him. And he's on the Marlins team. And yeah. nobody wants to be on that Marlins I team. Hope, I hope he gets traded to a team that has a shot this year. Yeah. Does anybody want to be playing baseball in Florida after spring training? No. Nobody does. No. It's depressing. Nobody wants to be one of those teams. The Marlins and the Rays are too, can be too damn they're, depressing They're teams. train wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> train wrecks. Um, which team I would can't you, imagine less people being in Tampa, and that's what's going to happen. Which team would you rather play on? The Marlins. I, I would never, never want to look in Tampa. The Tampa Bay, being a Tampa Bay Devil Ray might be the worst job in, in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Being a professional athlete, making millions of dollars. No, no, I'm saying in Major League Baseball, that's the worst job. Yeah, it's all relative. Yeah, but that's bad. What's up next? All right, here we go. Uh, I'm trying to find my place here. Okay, Jack, Jack Egan, right? Yep. We've already got the judge and the jury. Imagine name combinations if we bring up justice. But I think Sheffield did look good today, aside from the end result. Uh, today being Sunday, nasty slider, looked poised, confident on the mound. Obviously not the best performance in the box score. Uh, but it sure seemed like he belonged there. Um, you guys think he gets any MLB experience this year? I actually talked with Hoke last week about this. And I mean, th- we have to remember Sheffield's never pitched above double A. Yeah, and he was hurt for uh, a solid chunk. So I think that he's, uh, he's getting a lot of buzz, which is cool. But I, I just don't think, I think Chance Adams is the next. Yeah, oh, yeah, pitcher that comes up and sees time. Maybe Sheffield later in the season, if um, if they need somebody on the out of the bullpen as like a September call up or something. But also remember, Sheffield's going to be on an innings limit this year, so he's it's pretty unlikely that we see Sheffield in 2018. I think he's a 2019 target. I think he's a 2019 target as well. I mean, you you never know if uh, if a guy comes in and lights it up. Uh, we'll see. I, I did like today. There were some people were talking about how. You know, he had his first inning out there and looked phenomenal. Like, dude was throwing an easy 95-96. I think he struck out two of three. He looked really good. And uh, he does – he's got the confidence. He's got the tools for sure. He's a toolsy guy. He's got those uh, those left-handed moves. Like, I love it. When you're when you're going in there throwing 95-96 as a lefty, that's huge. Uh, if you could control the strike zone – controlling the strike zone, there we go. There's that narrative again. Um, but that's huge for him. So I think if he does, he's going to be a, a good pitcher. And whether it's this year – like you said, something I think would have to happen that's not in in our favor for him to be pitching in the in the, in the major leagues. The fu- and don't forget, everybody's talking about getting another pitcher, but let's not forget also that who else is coming into camp as a starting pitcher? Ch- yeah, that's. I feel like with every Chad passing Green. day, Chad Green is getting less and less likely, and uh, for the rotation and just put him back in the bullpen. That's the sense I'm getting. It's still a thing. 
<laughs> it's a, it's a right now, today, gonna, it's still a thing. We're going to make it a thing, damn it. <laughs> Final question is from Andrew, and he says, in games against a tough lefty where Gardner sits, Judge and Stanton play the field, and they may be D.H. Sanchez with Romine catching. Who leads off? And uh, do you want to maybe overanalyze the spring training lineup so far? Yeah, let's do it. So the, I'm the to, I'm game to, one, like go through this in my head again too. Game one lineup it. had the most starters in it. Um, it had it went Ellsbury, Stanton, Bird, Hicks, Didi, Tor, uh, Torres, Romine, Andoar, Frazier. Um, obviously, I thought it was interesting. Stanton's second, so I definitely think Aaron Boone is having on his mind either Stanton or Judge in that second spot. I agree. I think one of those two guys will be in that spot, and most likely it'll be Judge. Um, yeah, I would think so. But Stanton hit second the whole second half last year for Miami. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying Judge being the elder statesman, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of that with Boone too to like give the nod to the guy who's been there. I think Boone's going to have to do something like that too. I think there's going to be some some posturing going back and forth a little bit. You know, one thing I've, I've been really impressed with, with Stanton, there's two things that I didn't know about him. One... He's, he seems like a very much of a team guy. Like he's saying all the right things. Like, I just want to fit in with these guys. They have a really good thing going. I'm just seeing how I can <laughs> plug in. He's saying all the right things about, he doesn't care where he hits in the lineup. Um, so as far as like a teammate, the way he's going about his business, like I'm very impressed so far with the way that he's handled himself in Yankee camp. It's been very good stuff. The other thing I'm noticing about him, and this is a little off topic, but uh, when do we stay on topic for very long? <laughs> the, his swing is so short. I mean, when you're when I'm watching him do batting practice and like, it's crazy how little movement he has in that swing That's and how a, much it's it's really it's impressive how big guy could stay that compact. It's pretty crazy. That's an entire second half last year adjustment. Yeah, I mean it. He barely moves the bottom his bottom half. He just fires his, his hips through and the legs don't move much at all. You see a lot of like boom and then to. like arms go. He doesn't I know, need and to. I realize that. It's yeah. crazy though. If you look at the movement comparatively with Judge and then you look at Stanton and similar build guys, they're very different. Yeah. So who's gonna who's gonna lead off to uh, Andrew's question when Gardner's not in the lineup? Um, I could actually see them hitting one of those guys lead off. I could see him going a little uh, a little crazy and going and we saw this what? I think uh who did it last year? Madden did it with Schwarber, right? He had, yeah, they well, had a power also, guy in the number I mean, one spot. Jose Batista has led off for the Blue Jays yeah. a number of times. So I could see I could see Judge leading off in a in a situation like that. I think um, if it's not if if it's a different route than than you just said, I could see Hicks getting that that lead off spot. I could see that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a lefty. Yeah, can hit lefty. I, I, I mean, does it? I mean, does it really matter in no. this lineup? No. No, I guess you just want base runners. So you want as many base run- the the argument against batting Judge or Stanton leadoff is you want base runners for those guys because they're going to hit the ball out of the park and you want it to be a two run or a three run homer, not a solo shot. Yeah, um, you know, depending on who's playing in, in a game like that too. I mean, if Ronald Torres is in that game, like he could hit leadoff. He's a little pesky leadoff guy. You could see that. Even though he had a nice, uh, nice strong double today, one hopper over the wall. Okay, love me some toe. You hate you 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 can't stand toe as an everyday I, player. Yeah, I can't stand him. Paint me as the guy who hates Ronald Torres. Real good. You're a bad person. (laughs) Okay, guys. Thank you for the mailbag questions. If you guys want to submit questions, go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. Also, keep an eye out uh, for our Twitter handle at Yankees Podcast and the the Bronx Pinstripe Show on Facebook. We, We take a lot of questions from there as well. Final topic before we get out of here. Rich Eisen. Uh, who apparently has a new talk show you told me about that I had never heard of before. He's had it for a little bit, I think. He's going like the Dan Patrick way. 
So he reported that an MLB executive discussed with him a rule change which would allow a manager to send up any hitter he wants in the ninth inning if that team is trailing. So the Yankees, if they're trailing by one run in the ninth inning, Boone could send up Gary Sanchez, John Carlos Stanton, and then Aaron Judge to just hopefully get that solo shot. Um, MLB responded saying that idea is not being discussed. But that kind of got the juices flowing in our minds. So it's only for the bottom of the ninth, though? So, no, if the ninth inning if you're trailing. If you're trailing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so top or bottom. Okay. But the, if you're... All right. That's weird. Well, um, if you're the away team and you're trailing, you can send up whoever you want in the top of the ninth inning. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's how baseball works, Scott. Thank you. The, uh, I don't hate it. If I'm being honest, <laughs> we've been talking, and I probably don't hate it because we've been talking about so many dumb rules. Real dumb rules. I mean, this is dumb, but we're talking about the level of dumbness and like all these utterly ridiculous rules about, uh, you know, putting someone on second base and whatever, uh, like the amount of things that are, the amount of gimmicks that they're trying to add to baseball is ridiculous. Of all of those ridiculous rules, because that's where we are right now, we're judging him of ridiculous rule within rid- other ridiculous rules. This one's the best. This one's the best one. Well, do you know why? This because is like this is like a shootout. The other exactly. The other dumb rules are boring. This dumb rule is exciting. This this is like chicks like chicks like the long ball. So now you're you're talking about you're talking about adding like anybody. So you could have your best power hitters up there, or if you want a guy to try to get on base, yeah, anybody you, know, you want. What you're down by. I kind of like it. If we're going to change dumb stuff and we're going to go that, we're going that way, like something like this. I don't like it for the ninth inning, but I like it for extra innings. We talked about that. Extra innings, yeah. And maybe if it gets to like the 14th inning and it just gets to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, you could even do that before because then it's like, it's like penalty kicks or penalty shots or whatever. It's like you're throwing your best at, at that point and then, and then, uh, and then we see what happens. So, because if it's like the 13th <clears throat> inning, the closer's gone too, right? So you're going up there with like, you're going up against like Andy Schwarzak. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. potentially a right fielder. Right. Yes, would exactly. Make, so the right fielder's pitching batting practice against the best player on their team. This would make the uh, the ninth inning, this would make the closer even that much more valuable, though. Then guys might be making 25 million bucks as a closer because they're going to be going up against the best hitters on the other team every night. Yeah, someone's asking uh, Manny, Mani, I'm probably butchering your name i'm sorry but he That's said we would do. come up the next inning if we tied if they tied the game i would assume if i'm if i'm just thinking about some i'm gonna put my head in the stupid in the stupid zone it would uh it would pick up where it left off the inning before they chose the players yeah i guess so right yeah if I, we're going, I, I think so I mean, what that if um, makes sense in this world what if i was also thinking about what if uh you go into a game and you for a nine inning game you can set you have four at bats for everybody and you can send them up however you want but they can't bat obviously consecutively you can't send up aaron judge and then aaron judge again because aaron judge so they couldn't bat in the same inning god that gets complicated so but it does but but that's that's like a little league rule where you have to get little johnny in to play two innings in the field everyone has to bat four times but this way if in the third inning your first two guys get out and then in the natural order of things, Aaron Judge would come up. You're saying, I don't want to you waste Aaron. I don't want to waste hitter. Aaron Judge in a in a spot where he can't really do much damage. Let me throw up my worst hitter right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could waste our time with really horrible things proposals for I, a long time. 
it's not the uh, i mean it's so I, fun I like to go down the dumb the dumb rule rabbit hole that's just a lot of figuring things out and like yeah. that's that's all that's too complicated yeah. you know how long the game would be then there's so many decisions Screw you gotta it. put let's a just go. you gotta put a clock on the manager then for making that decision yeah everybody baseball's trying to get under three hours let's go six hours plus every night yeah like you got a time like a, like a five second clock and then all of a sudden you like panics and throws up the wrong guy like oh then we're gonna get into like psych outs like in basketball there's gonna be a lot of bad things happening <laughs> Good stuff. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, just check out the, all the things we were talking about in the in the front of the show. Uh, as far as the BP crew, if you are if you're interested in getting involved, and this could be like getting a group of people ready for a game in your um, in that city if it's an opposing team and they're coming there this year, uh, we'll work with the team, try to get tickets. You know, we're we're in this to uh, to um, to set the structure and help everybody out, but we want these these groups to um, to really kind of take a life of their own. I think it's a lot of fun and a really good way for everybody to get involved. So. Um, let's grow this thing. If you are involved, if you want to be involved, if you're interested in just even getting on a group, you don't have to be the point person. Um, send me an email and I'll get you on the list. And uh, and then yeah, we'll public. We'll make all the groups public soon so that people can start, you know, inviting their friends and jumping on that way. But that's uh, that's it. More more baseball this week, so it's going to be a, a nice fun week. No injuries, please. <laughs> awesome, everyone who joined the Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys watching, and we'll, we'll uh, talk to everybody next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com